Hey, hey, come on, let's talk this out. What's up, everybody? Uh, this is the Gray Area Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm, I'm Will. Oh, oops. <laughs> Christian as well. You but, remember um, Yeah. Last week we got, you know, our audience coming back. And we're back every Wednesday, in case anybody forgets. Just Wednesdays, unless we decide to publish a little bit of extras. Yeah, really, we're, once again, we're really thankful for all the support you guys have given us. It's, you know, we're, we're hoping to keep uh, putting out content that you guys enjoy. Definitely, definitely. We're again, we're surprised by the amount of outpour. And if you have friends that you think would like listening to this, please share it and spread the word. And uh, like they said, daily content every Wednesday, usually record we about. Can, uh, okay. Yeah, don't 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 push the narrative of daily content. Uh, that's, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. So that's more than <laughs> we can chew. Weekly content. But yeah, since since now we're getting pretty familiar, I think it's a little bit easier to just hop into it. You know, considering we have uh, a lot of events with, you know, Biden presidency, cancel culture, and everyone yeah, knows spring, a lot going on lately. Yeah, yeah. Spring is one of the, you know, most difficult seasons in terms of work, whether it be school or an actual. Especially yeah. when we're coming up on the, the one year anniversary of the quarantine, too. Yeah. Uh, Crazy to think about. It's amazing how historic this is. I mean, this hasn't mm-hmm. happened since like 1918. Is so odd, and, it's- and to have it happen before an election year, you know, it was yeah. a it was a point of contention and you know argument on why it came up, but it's still here today, and we're trying to just watch how you know our new president deals with this. Yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I was thinking, yeah, we could start out with uh, how Biden's doing if he's doing an overall positive, and let's be critical of some of the stuff he's done because he has right. fallen through on some things that I think he needs to be held accountable as. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's important we keep a, a, an objective or as objective as we can get, because obviously pure objectivity is never possible. But, you know, I try to eliminate all the biases that we may or may not have. And yeah. Analyze what he's been up to recently. So, I mean, I at first, uh, my bad, it first kind of hit me in the face when I saw, you know, people posting and it, I only saw people of the left, you know, more Democratic side posting um, some of the failures that Biden's been hitting right now, mostly with the immigration policies. And, mm-hmm. you know, they might not be cages. They're considered facilities now. Yeah. Yet they still went through, you know, things like uh, the Texas winter storm. Yeah, It's been very disappointing, in my opinion, frankly, to see all the stuff that's been going on under the Biden administration, because it really seems like nothing has changed. Um, you know, maybe it's a it's a little more democratic. It's a little you know he's he's been quieter on twitter but the you know kids in cages is the same as a a migrant detention facility or whatever he's calling them you know we're still separating kids from their parents which is detestable i think not even in my opinion i think that's a pretty morally yeah i think that's a pretty terrible thing and one thing to hit on with that um is a lot of people mention you know obama did it first and things like that the original um rule with Obama's administration and these facilities was after 72 hours, if they don't make it through, you send them back with the family and all. And, um, you know, even though people were getting sent back, uh, unfortunately, in the 
home and land of the free where we're supposed to accept people at least they stuck with their family yeah mm-hmm. and uh yeah. the person to break the rule unfortunately was trump and the person to continue this is biden yeah i don't know i don't know if biden continues that uh continues the 72 hour policy that would be something that i would look up because obviously i don't think we had dealt too deep into his complex immigration policy because no, i don't think he does yeah, follow the rule yeah, very strictly I'd, I'd like to look that up but uh yeah he he made it if you've noticed during his campaign he <laughs> he did not promise too much and if you can actually tell by his demographics he didn't do too well with latinos compared to even hillary clinton mm-hmm. so and if i'm not mistaken he did promise zero um zero what's the word um deportations yeah zero deportations and Uh, he has done a lot more than zero lately yeah this is is, uh he promised a lot yeah he He did yeah he's now of course there's only certain things that you can go through at a certain time but this uh i will give him credit for this he ordered the, the the deportations be stopped but a trump appointed judge told him that was wrong Mm-hmm. And so he just struck it down and they just deport people anyway. So that's not necessarily under his control, but it's a promise that he shouldn't have made if he can't keep it. Right. And that and... was a very prominent thing that we saw a lot, I believe, during Obama's administration was uh, a majority Republican Senate um, kind of just resolving to do whatever they could to stop any changes that Obama could make. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you guys would know more about this than I would, but they, there has been a history of Republican-based Senates and Supreme Courts um, just deciding to veto any movements that Obama has made or that, that Biden has made, which I think is pretty much just the worst way to run a government. It's um, the checks and balances, so at least there's that part that we're maintaining and the part that we promise about our government. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, uh, we found ourselves in a corner. You know, when you have checks and balances hitting you from three angles, you know, you, all you can do is just get pushed forward into wherever they push you. Yeah, and that, the- was, that was the thing that happened, I believe, during Obama's administration. Right before he was reelected, uh, Justice Scalia passed away while he was still holding a, a seat in the Supreme Court. And Obama, obviously, being a fairly democratic, um, left-leaning president, would have wanted to appoint a a left-leaning Supreme Court justice. But what would you do in that situation? You would probably choose someone who is left-leaning, but moderate enough to where there it would be obvious that they would pass whether it was majority democrat or majority republican voting on them but the republican sorry i didn't mean to cut you off the republican i don't know if it's the house or the senate um senate the senate Senate judiciary committee yes they just refused to hold a vote um and not refused to to pass it like they all just voted no they literally refused to do their job and even hold a vote in the first place. And here's an inch. This is very interesting. Like, like you were saying, so people who don't know Obama, Obama had a huge majority in the overall Congress with the Senate and Congress from 2009 to 2010 in the 2010 midterms, Democrats got whooped 
because Obama didn't pass everything that he wanted to because he was held back by people like Joe Manchin. And Obama did mm-hmm. a lot of he passed Obamacare, all these really good health care reforms. But he, he he was punished for not saving the economy faster than the the miracle of whatever you can do. So, um, yeah. And something to remember is, um, you know, we're, we mentioned Obama, like that's usually as far back as we go when we're talking about today events, because that's one where we were more conscious and he had the benefit of two terms. But um, every administration is affected by the one before. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, what's so crazy is, Will, you were right. Obama was uh, it was 2016. And actually, the attorney attorney general now, Merrick Garland, Biden's nominee, was supposed to be a Supreme Court judge. They they literally said that Obama could not place him there because it was an election year that the new president should decide. Yet when uh, Amy Conan Barrett gets Mm passed, that was four days. They got that shit done in four days. So yeah. they, they don't even follow their own rules. A little bit like, of a double standard there. Here's something that's funny. The literal Congress under Mitch McConnell and John Boehner, he was the Republican Speaker of the House, they would walk slower to the congressional meetings in order to delay it. I'm not joking. That's an actual thing people did. So yeah. they they were so anti-Obama that if Obama like breathed wrong, he would be slaughtered on Fox News television. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got a lot of great stuff done, but he didn't get what we wanted, everything that we wanted. And that's something that is a problem with Biden with having the 50-50 Senate. Yeah. And he's going to be, he's honestly, because we didn't win the Senate outright, we're going to be punished for it. And he's going to yeah. be punished for what he does. So that's it's, it's a sad reality. It's the you know benefit of those checks and balances, but restrictions. And a big difference between... Um, well, actually, a similarity between Obama and Biden is there were a lot of promises made. Um, America expected, though, I feel less of Obama and Biden now coming from somebody who set the bar low. We expect a lot from him mm-hmm. and he has a lot to do yet. You know, we're not seeing those main points done. It's a, and it's like um, Will mentioned earlier, uh, these politicians a lot of time, they're lying to save their image They're He once he said he was going to um, do this or that that earned him another million votes. Right. You know? And then he says another thing that earns him another million. Um, he sees Donald Trump has a two page, you know, little article thing to help black people. And so he writes a 40 something page or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all about competition. He knew who he was against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I will say that expecting Biden to be extremely progressive is just not something that's going to happen because he's center left, but he, you're right. He needs to, um, I mean, it's hard for us on the outside who don't know the bureaucratic ways to say, you know, step up your game on all this stuff. But he, he obviously, we were obviously misled on the $2,000 checks. We're still getting them. But the way that we're getting them isn't. He failed to mention that some of these things required an utmost majority in the Senate, which he's banking on. So when Mm. these people make these promises, I think partially we have to know is that they they might be lying or they're misleading. So we have to give them the biggest majority possible. And that's the unfortunate thing, because gridlock is such a big thing. Yeah, we we don't want to leave any room for excuses. And you mentioned... um being progressive versus conservative uh that's a big difference in our gap you know we see 
now we have the oldest president that we've ever had mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. and we have the most voters in our younger demographic than we've ever had before Definitely. we're seeing people from he's not only from just one different world but two planets in between us yeah there's a huge gap and um you know it's hard to it's like okay well how much can we expect him to do how much can we blame him when he comes from a very different time yeah. but once again we shouldn't we shouldn't have these older people setting up a world for the ones who are actually going to be here to live. Yeah. In. So yeah, Biden, yeah. I just, I just, you know, ran the math real quick. Biden would have been born in, in or around 1943. So that means that he was raised in an era before civil rights. You know, his formative years were during times of, you know, separate but equal and all things like that. He would have been raised. He would have been a, kid in the 50s where uh, women's rights were a huge issue where women were expected to be housewives right. and he had a he had a significant impact on you know things like domestic violence acts absolutely um, yes he wrote but, the uh, violence against women act which has been right. huge in for domestic and violence it, it's unfortunate though because while he was doing that um he grew up in the time where things were still split up you know whether you're colored or not you get to eat here or you don't mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will, I'm not saying that Biden doesn't like black people. Obviously, he has enough like likability for black people to be second place to a black president. Of course. Which, you know, so, but do I think he understands racial issues the way that a 77-year-old white man would? He he doesn't, he doesn't get it like, you know, like us younger people mm-hmm. do. And- but, I, I mean, I'm grateful for the equity pushes that he's, that he's been doing. But he needs to step up his game a little bit, I think. He's delivering on his promises, but there are a couple big shortfalls that he needs to pick up and start pushing through. And another thing that we haven't touched on yet is the drone strike that just happened recently in Syria. That is another big thing. That is, as far as I've heard, that's the number one complaint people had with the Obama administration was the the war against terror and the war in the Middle East. Mm -hmm and war against war war yeah war on terror um he the the fact that he learned nothing from that is a little disheartening well a lot disheartening because it's obviously a a huge tragedy he's killing innocent people and it's it's similar it's it's very similar to the war on drugs yeah who are we who's the war on who are we fighting Mm -hmm. because certainly you know, the people who are suffering are not all terrorists. We are, we see people dying that are completely innocent to bombs that are quote unquote, you know, meant to hit these terrorists. Yeah. Um, and same for the war on drugs, you know, they're supposed to be just on drugs, but there's always these consequences. And he had to have been aware of that. He's speaking of all these promises and positives, but does no different than the president that came prior to him. Yeah. Here's, here's something that, uh, now, do we know that Biden's not a war hawk? He did vote in favor for the Iraq war, and then he rescinded his promise after he realized that it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, good for learning. But you're right. He should have known. But I will, I will say this. This was not towards a civilian target. There were no civilian deaths. This was against an Iran-backed militia. But here's the problem with what he did uh, foreign policy-wise. Mm-hmm. He was not sure if that was the right Iran-backed militia. Mm-hmm. But he said, though, but now we don't know if this is specifically something that he authorized or if the generals did. That's something you have to look up. But they could have hit the wrong group. 
You know what I mean? So he moved quickly. I know he's a man who's quick to move towards force when it comes to uh, uh, he doesn't negotiate with terrorists. So this could get him in trouble. And we don't want drone strikes. That's our whole that's our whole thing. We just want to be out of there. So when you have this quagmire, there's not political expediency for it, you know? So, you know, what can you do? It's just not a good thing for him to do. According to CNN, it says this was in response to rocket attacks on American forces. Yes. And um, this is where we see and, uh, you know, can first significantly note this type of movement back to the Vietnam War and today is we don't want to send strikes onto other people. Because we also don't want people to send strikes onto ours. We're not. We don't want to send our troops out there. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have our people out there killing other, you know, innocent people. Um, I mean, you can listen to these stories that Marines tell, and they're trained and incentivized to kill anyone, to kill civilians. Even um, I watched a specific video. Of this guy, he, you know, he left the Marine Corps. Um, they were incentivized to stab someone to death. Whoever stabs someone, someone to death gets four days of leave and whatever vacation and stuff like that. And it, that's, that's just crazy. How yeah, it, is. It, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not something that just occasionally happens. It's not just an accidental, accidental bomb strike. You know, if you're wiping out a country's civilians, they're going to suffer even more than just if you wipe out the troops. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, every country knows our troops are more expendable than our civilians. That's why we have troops mm-hmm. in the first place. And that's that's a this is like you were saying with with Vietnam and uh, Afghanistan and Iraq are very very similar in terms of the civilian population has been mobilized by people like the Taliban and Al Qaeda in Iraq to be our enemy. So when these people purposely hide in civilian buildings, they purposely sit with their families. That's why they'll have the children go move the bombs like an mm-hmm. American sniper, because then we have to be the bad mm-hmm. guys. Now, am I excusing our behavior? Absolutely not. Drone strikes, I am completely against. And it's such a, it's such a quagmire, and you can't leave because then the Taliban comes back in power and you're jeopardized uh, foreign policy-wise. But if you stay... Innocence will yeah. die. So how do you? That's such a that's such a quagmire to me. How do you? What do you do in that situation? It's a it's easy for us to say because we're not in that situation. Mm-hmm. We don't read the briefings that they read, but it's so it's yeah. Crazy. So I definitely think that it's these just, first um, it's been what uh, a month and a half I think since Biden has been inaugurated. These first month and a half, I think, are going to set the tone for his administration and especially set the tone for the issues he's going to deal with, both with the the foreign mm-hmm. policy in terms of uh, deportation, deportations, um, how that's been a huge source of disappointment among some of his most uh, outspoken followers, as well as his foreign policies in terms of the war in Iraq and Syria. And these, it looks like, if if we can expect, obviously, um, we can't predict everything that's going to happen. Who knows? We could have another situ- a COVID situation in three years, God forbid. But um, he, if if this keeps continuing the way that he is, those are going to be his two big uh, tests that he has to overcome. And from the looks of it, he's not going to live up to what we hoped. 
Right. Yeah. And we have so yeah. much going. Um, and I don't mean to steer away from that topic, but no, there's so, so much going on. Not only do we have these bomb strikes, but at the same time we have uh, in our country what a lot of people are saying, you know, it's kind of the almost boiling over point of a civil war mm-hmm. type of idea. And really, um, the war has always been, you know, between the people in control, which is typically, you know, the same demographic over and over again. It's these older people versus the older people and younger versus younger. Um, and so we're dealing with both bomb strikes, civilians dying, and then in our own country, ICE and kids dying. And then we have cancel culture. And it's like, well, we can't diminish one over the other, but what priority are we going to take exactly. under this new presidency? Which is why I was, I mean, I understand why he uh, retaliated against whoever shot rockets. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But so quickly, he's get, jumping back into the foreign policy arena, which I understand he, he served on the Foreign Relations Committee. So that's what he's known for is foreign policy. But he has to live up. He's got some of the worst pro- uh, problems since like FDR came in office. So if he can't live up to the domestic agenda, which so far he's done very well, but he needs to he needs to work harder now because he needs to get those COVID vaccines out, which I did hear we're going to get them in May, and every every adult will be vaccinated by May. And but I right, here's the thing: we need economic reform if he can and do that. It's every adult that decides. To yeah, that's exactly. another. That's something that scares me because I follow a lot of celebrities on Instagram, and I'll see sometimes I'll see one of them post something a joke making fun of people who get the vaccine and i'm like oh no you know you you have a platform you can't joke about that it's so symbolic of the distrust within our country i forgot what it was um that i read into one time but there was a moment that was pivotal in our country and people began to you know not trust the government of course there's watergate that, that can be Oh, okay. Yeah. It, of course, it can be rooted into the start of mm-hmm. the country. You know, nobody truly trusts government like that. Um, but it, it's so, you know, representative of the amount of distrust with our own government that we vote for and believe we have a voice in. And oftentimes it's not as loud as we think. Yeah. Yeah. And if, uh, if you, when you mention distrust with the government, if you look at the past, like eight presidents, uh, since like, uh, Nixon, there have only been a like George H. W. Bush who's actually been a like big, big politician. Because if you think about it, Reagan was an actor and then he was going to really? California for like two years. Yes, he was Reagan I was did not an know actor. That. Uh, uh Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas for about seven years, which isn't long politically. He's very good, but he was only governor for a little bit of a time. Bush was governor of Texas for about five years. Obama had been a state senator and then a senator, and he had been in politics about 12 years, so that's it. And then he was president. And then you have Donald Trump, who has held nothing. <laughs> so, so far, we've had people who haven't been in the business mm-hmm. nearly as long. And, and so- that's, the, that's the huge issue I had with um, a lot of you know, people who supported Trump saying Biden has done nothing. Because he, he has a reputation, he has a, a line of work and things he did get done. But not only that, um, what did Trump have in a reality that? TV he show? Failed biz- <laughs> yeah, failed businesses. He had um, rape allegations. I mean, these are a lot of things that we ignored. And I saw comparisons like, um, you know, as a parent, if your daughter came in and said, hey, my boyfriend has 
you know, 20 something rape allegations, but that's fine. He has a gambling issue and kind of lost a lot of money, like invested money and stuff like that. Um, but really, I think it's all false and he's somewhat successful, you know, how much it's, would a family mm-hmm. welcome that in? Yeah, it's like, here's here's the thing. If you are driving, if you are sitting in the passenger seat, would you let the person with no driver's license or even a permit drive you to the store and they're right. 13? Or would you let somebody who's been driving for 20 years and is actually pretty good at it, whether or not you completely trust that person to, you know, handle the tires, but right. at least you know they can drive the damn mm-hmm. car. So... Like that's it's the same exact principle, and of course these analogies can only go so yeah. far. It's right. more complicated. So yeah, um, this isn't to minimize all the other all the thing. One thing Trump did do, he started a conversation, and he got people like us way more interested than mm-hmm. we would have ever been. That's a great 17. point. Mm-hmm. Which it, here's I think that the Republican Party's greatest enemy is Donald Trump, and the Democratic Party's greatest ally is Donald Trump because this dude was so bad that it got people like us who were 15 years old who were able to say this is not right we need mm-hmm. to get involved in it nobody would care but we saw a president who actually fundamentally could not govern yeah, he our made country georgia a blue state think about that yeah yeah that's crazy texas was, texas almost flipped te- texas was like two points away from flipping and that's with their history of voter suppression mind you and they still almost pulled through uh yeah. to flip over and that i mean no matter how much praise you can give trump um no matter how much blah blah, blah a lot of people will agree oh facts don't care about your feelings okay well if we look at the statistics america really did not support mm-hmm. trump he, yeah. he won because you know he's he is a businessman he was involved with people and, um, you know, fortunately for him, he was able to make. And I think another reason that he mm. won was because of the problem that we're having with Biden is because people expect that politicians are the same. You know, they expect them to make these mm-hmm. empty promises that we've seen Biden make, that we've seen a slew of our, our other candidates make. Excuse me. And so, Trump, imagine that you're a Republican voter. You're expecting, oh, you know, we're going to see people talk about how we need to tighten border control because of job security. Um, Whether you actually believe that job security is the problem or you think that Mexicans are dirty rapists and criminals that are going to bring drugs into our country, which a lot of Republicans do, unfortunately, you're expecting to hear about job security. And then this guy comes onto the podium You've never seen him before in a political context, but you've seen him on TV. And he says, Mexicans are dirty rapists that are bringing drugs into our country. Mm-hmm. He, you would never expect that in a million years. And people with politicians, people like the things that they don't expect. And that, I think, mm-hmm. it went, did so many wonders for Trump's political career. And that is not a good. That is not a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. In Trump's eyes, he he truly, genuinely believed all publicity is good publicity. And if he didn't yeah. think so, he would not have tweeted as much. And, and it worked for him. He did at least for a while. It, it, to be fair, it mm-hmm. did. I mean, if you notice the drop in in support for Donald Trump when his Twitter account was taken away, if you look at the the less he talks the way less appealing he actually is. But, I mean, even when he speaks, it's like feeding the Democratic Party vote. But it's the the problem, I mean, 
I mean, even though he held this voice for people who like the Southern strategy, which for people don't know was what Nixon did to, uh, uh, they lost the unions and black people. So they've decided to, uh, g- gain support from all the racists in the South, which mm-hmm. is the party switch. He tapped into that, except he just said it better than anyone could because he just said what nobody mm-hmm. wanted to say. And here's the th- problem is that people are like, oh, I don't agree with what he says, but his policies. You sat there and people heard what he said about Mexicans and African-Americans and disabled people. And you said, oh, I don't care as long as we control Congress. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. And that's your that's the problem with people. It, I mean, I mean, obviously, America didn't want him because he lost the popular vote mm-hmm. both times, not by a close margin. He lost by three million the first time. Right. So, and- I mean, yeah, I'd also like to say too, um, you know, with the mention of you know manipulation of black votes and their history of voting blue, um, one thing is if you think you know better uh, than the black community of what's better for them, what's good for them, then you're a part of the problem. And two, we can't deny the miseducation and manipulation. Absolutely. And so it's it's kind of it's a little contradictory, but um, it's very real. There's been a lot of you know, lack of education within the black community, but not only that, um, they're going to vote for who they think benefits them. And mm-hmm. obviously red just, yeah, I actually, for, them, it, really if you look at the, oh, I was just going to say for my, so I tried out for comp gov recently, which is competitive government for those who aren't aware. And so the tryout process was they would give us a prompt and we had to write a four minute speech and a, then we would have a six minute, session of follow-up questions on the speech and the prompt and our prompt was voting in america like the history of it ways that it has the right to vote has been expanded and has been impeded and things like that and it's very it was very surprising while i was researching this topic that there is a lot of voter suppression that is still going on right now one example that jumps out at me is the american territories in the philippines and guam puerto rico they are allowed to, they're encouraged to be troops for the country. They are, they can serve in our war, but they can't vote. And that is, when you think about it, you know, they're expected to support our country in term with their lives, but not with their voices. And there is a lot of yeah. that that still goes on. Um, things such as uh, requiring IDs. Obviously, I think that's important. I think that, you know, you should have to show a valid driver's license or something like that in order to be able to vote. But there is a lot, there's, it's not easy to access that information. There are a lot of technicalities that can invalidate your vote immediately that people just don't know about. So there's, that is something that I would like to see in the near future is much more, I would like to see the vote be fair, honestly. I think that there's more we can do with that. Yeah, and uh, that's speaking about that. That's like a DC statehood is might actually pass mm-hmm. and happen. You know, Puerto Rico deserves to be a state, and either of the U.S. Virgin Islands and Guam and stuff. Either we need to let them know, let them go, or they need to have this. Because let's think about this: DC has electoral votes on the map. Everyone votes in there for the presidential election, but they don't have a mm-hmm. Congress congressperson, nor do they have. Uh, two Senate seats. Their population is bigger than... Like, yeah, and that is literally states. where our government but, happens. That's where the Capitol is, exactly. the Supreme Court, the White House. 
in if people in, are under the impression yeah. that American imperialism was gone a while ago, same as thinking uh, something like racism just disappeared, uh, that would be someone you know highly miseducated. Yeah, that homophobia disappeared with Harvey at, Milk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like we look yeah, at we look at how how much control and influence um, and nearly. I wouldn't say it is, but nearly dictatorship over, you know, territories that we don't allow to do certain things except for fight for us or give us certain resources when we demand or let us use their land when we need something. Like the black community. Yeah, cert- yeah, exactly. And it's <clears throat> all too often. I mean, we can't minimize the fact that America has a history of being brutal and authoritarian. Yeah. And we... Uh... I mean, obviously, we're on the upswing on defeating that, but that doesn't change what's happened. It, mm-hmm. And we need to we need to work to make it better. Like, here's here's a reason why D.C. hasn't been getting statehood so far. D.C. is the most single progressive area in the mm-hmm. entire country. And it will I promise you, it will never turn Republican. It is never once in its voting history. I don't know that. Not even close. Even in Ronald Reagan's landslide of 1984, where he won every single state except Minnesota and D.C., uh, D.C. still voted uh, Democratic 80%. That is a staunch opposition to Ronald Reagan. understand how that is. So if a leftist or a Democratic socialist is going to be elected anywhere, it's D.C. Mm. If that's, that's where it is. So the conservatives are terrified because that is two permanent democratic seats unless they just slaughter everyone in dc <laughs> it's not going to change all right you know so they're terrified of it and i don't think that any partisan region uh, reason should be the reason why people shouldn't be able to have representation absolutely and that's it's that's what not, we, people no, you know what when you think american independence the first thing i think of is the the revolutionary war and when I think the Revolutionary War, one of the first things I think of is no taxation without representation. That is the idea that our country was founded on. You know, we were founded on the, the concept that everyone should have a voice. And of course, back then, there was a lot more rampant hypocrisy with that idea. What with, you know, white men who own yep. property being the only people who could get a voice. Um, but there is still a lot of taxation without representation, both in D.C., in Mm-hmm. the territories and in some cases even in states where representation is promised in writing but not necessarily always delivered on mm. in yeah. practice yeah. It, it why like that's a very common trend it, always on paper never in practice very much so that's uh i mean it's easy it's easy to write something it's easy to say that something's happening it's it's action is much mm-hmm. harder to do Sim- than worse similar to our president mm-hmm. currently yeah yeah um i mean i don't want to say he's terrible because he's done a great job right. so far but he has several key things that he has fallen from and we're being critical because if we aren't critical, we are just going to give him, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to sit. And here these and were things that he based a lot do. of his campaign on. Like he, people voted for him because of the things that he promised. And they have already fallen yeah. through in not two months of his presidency. And the overwhelming majority of the country has all admitted <clears throat> our government is not going to benefit no. us 100%. They're not going to do what we ask of. There has to be something in it for them. 
That's the whole point mm-hmm. of that's why America is a business. You know, we're not just helping people to help people. We're not governing just to make sure, you know, we stay together and stuff. It's so that one person wins as much as the next person. Um, and I think that's uh, something important to recognize. And so this isn't meant to hate on our president or past or our present or past presidents. Um, but there's a point where we have to reach admission mm-hmm. of the faults. Yeah, and we can't we can't idolize these people. What I what I know mm. is I'm never going to wave around a Biden 2020 flag and wear it on a hat because right. he's not a hero. He's not a pop yeah. icon. He's yeah. not someone that we can praise. I'm not buying merch <laughs> from this guy like a YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. That's what's so to me. That's so embarrassing to put that on your car when he's not even the most popular candidate that you've been. You should oh, never be a fan like, of absolutely. a politician. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you could the, definitely the hold close, them to high respect in regards. Yeah, the, the closest thing, like to me, Obama is who inspired me to go into politics because I saw it was able to happen. But do I say that, you know, like Obama is, I would almost classify him as one of my heroes. But do I hold him? Do I'm like, oh, he's the greatest of all time? Mm-hmm. No. He's done some bad things. If you look at his intervention in Libya, mm-hmm. wasn't well informed. If you look at, you know, certain things that might not have gone so Yeah, his well, handling of the, know, the Flint water crisis was less than yeah yeah luster every president yeah. since then it's disappointing yeah, it's, it's yeah so uh we might like these people but you can't fail to criticize them we have to hold them to a higher standard we can't yeah. just be like yeah you're just doing one yeah thing, idolizing a politician right. and that's is playing right into the hands of ignorance and that you know that can never go well when we if if especially if the country were to just unanimously decide that this this politician is a the best this is the best president that can't happen that will uh, we will fall apart in my opinion yeah there's it even one of the greatest presidents that we have ever had Mm -hmm. fdr put japanese americans in internment camps in the name of security so even one of our greatest presidents of all time, who pushes a lot of progressive ideals, had something horribly wrong with what he did. So I mean, even the yeah, he even he just he freed the slaves for um, you know as a pawn in the Civil War. That wasn't he he didn't do it because yeah, he thought exactly. it was right. right. Exactly. And they, at the time too, a lot of um, the black people that were there for Abraham Lincoln's presidency did end up idolizing him, which played into the ignorance of what his mm-hmm. true intentions were. He didn't care if they were in the country or not. He knew that he knew what his goal was as president. He knew what, what he needed to benefit off of. Um, and, and it's like that with every politician. Yeah, his his goal was to preserve the union at all costs. He was like, if this country breaks apart, there's nothing. That right. was his goal. A better time so- was when it was it was weird to campaign. It was not normal. You were voted yeah. in and the country chose you that I, I would possibly favor that more um, because when you see people fighting to get to the top, there is quite obviously something in it for them that they're yeah. chasing so hard. Yeah. Now I will, I will say uh, campaigning, I think is a good thing, but what I will say is these uh, campaign funds that need right. to be given. And these the idea large of lobbyists and such. It is, yes. Lobbyists to me, lobbyists, or sometimes I'm like this. This should can you explain what a lobbyist is? Because I, I personally don't know what that is, and I feel like okay, so, some of our listeners so, do not. Also, okay. So a lobbyist, guys, is a uh, either corporate or organizational 
representative who essentially will go to the Capitol or to local offices and they will lobby for that person to maybe advance necessarily their agenda or say, we will support you mm-hmm. when you do this and we will fund your campaign. So some of these people have corporate lobbyists. Uh, so the definition of lobbying uh, in politics is you know, persuasion or interest representation. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the act of lawfully attempting to influence actions, policies, or decisions of government officials. And so um, in a lot of these pictures, There we go. Uh, I think you. Yeah, I got a call for a second. Now, anyway, um, a lawfully way, you know, to influence with money. There's a money bag included in every one of these, you know, little Ooh, pieces. Yikes. And, that, yeah. that doesn't so bode well it's, for it's, our. It's the idea, you know, you might as well exactly. just buy your way to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so is. Does this mean that every single politician is corrupt? Of course not. That's not what this means. But this means that there is a legal way to influence certain congressmen and senators into voting the way they want Mm -hmm. because their job depends on corporate funding. So it depends on their campaign laws, which is why campaign finance, which I will mention uh, Biden has uh, been big on, you have to, uh, uh, you can look at whether or not someone's been funded largely by corporations or by Average donations. So uh, if you're looking at a president who the average donation is, I would I would uh, invest on looking at that. And you then you can tell uh, okay. maybe who the lobbyists favor more. And that like like, for instance, look at oil and gas. Look who, who they want and do the exact mm. op- vote for the exact and, opposite um, person. You know, before. it's like, what do we do about this? And I'd like to transition to the topic of cancel culture. You know, do we cancel this? Do, what do we, how do we control or regulate things? Um, in particular, yeah, the, points of interest like um, Mr. Potato Head or Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I think that has, those have been the two big hot button issues lately with cancel culture. <laughs> now, I have mixed yeah. opinions on cancel culture because on one hand, I think that it's obviously, it's important for people with platforms to be held accountable mm-hmm. and they should be called out when Absolutely. they do something wrong. I, I think that that is something that you should not argue with. I think that if if someone like Absolutely. like Jimmy Fallon, when he wore blackface on an SNL skit, that obviously, that should have some repercussions for him. He should have to apologize for that and he should be held accountable. Yeah, but I also think that cancel culture shouldn't be absolute. I think that, you know, if someone truly does understand that what they did in the past was wrong, that they, they should be held accountable, but they should be able to recover and change their ways. And I mean, like truly change, right? not just like how Gina Carano, I think that's how you, that's who it was on the Mandalorian. How she got called out for making anti-Semitic remarks and said she was just so sorry and turned around and did the same thing a few months later. She deserves to lose her job. She deserves to lose her Yeah, People don't realize that cancel culture is, it it comes because people are being educated. People are aware now. You know, we can't say, Mm -hmm. oh, well, we can just um, get rid of the meaning of this word. Well, okay, we can can change a meaning, but we can't get rid of history. There's certain education um, that is necessary to understand repercussions. I mean, we saw in the past lack of empathy and, um, you know, acknowledging certain problems resulted in terrible things. For example, the first thing that I think of when I think of what lack of empathy resulted in um, is America's, you know, 
past history of domestic violence and alcoholic fathers um, and, you know, lots of mothers dying to the hands of their husbands. And such. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a result of things like um, like uh, patriarchy or, you know, overall lack of empathy, ignoring these problems. And this is exactly what we're trying to change today. And it comes with its yeah, one example well. of that would be uh, big, yeah, big I- pun, big punisher. He was a rapper who passed away tragically after one i think his first album and he maybe he released another one while he was alive it might have been posthumous but he was uh he domestically abused his both his son and his wife often and that i absolutely think should tarnish his legacy i think that you know for me it's hard to listen even though one of his albums is very very good it's hard to listen to it knowing the kind of person that he was and we understand okay these people died we shouldn't just be spitting on their name after they died you know not mm-hmm. able to defend themselves but a la if, michael jackson right if we don't acknowledge these things then mm-hmm. what we're doing is allowing it. it's the idea of oh silence yeah. and via- is violence and stuff it's like the, the enabling it is just yeah, as bad that's as what it is if the bystander yeah, is is bad um enough or somebody's guilty by association you should be able to hold these same people at the same standard exactly people i find that uh people take this freedom of speech too i should be able to say whatever i want even if it hurts people like people like oh racists should be able to say whatever they want they should be able to hate on these people and there should be no consequences whatsoever not at one point in the uh first amendment says that once you say what does it do for people when you spread the speech what does it do when you allow someone to just it doesn't doesn't. i know it's a fine line to draw but what does it do it's the it's the ultimate act of entitlement when these people like, why can't we say the N word? Well, well, why couldn't I sit next to yeah. you on the counter fifty years ago? Uh, oh, uh, and the, well, well, I don't. They'll uh, say that no, was bro, that was fifty up. years don't ago. Don't say the word. And on it's the, not nine eleven. Make sure to post. Never forget. Um, on mm-hmm. you know D Day or something, they'll post something exactly. historical about it about World War Two. Yeah, it really is. There's a huge double standard uh, there. I have to agree. And you know, obviously, you may have figured out the conversation of should the KKK be considered a terrorist organization or should neo-nazis be allowed to rally under free speech you might have been able to figure out that we have pretty similar opinions and pretty strong opinions that those are both very obvious the kkk is absolutely a terrorist organization Mm -hmm. they have done nothing but instill terror in the 200 years that they've been active and neo-nazis absolutely should not be able to march um that that's that's the equivalent to me of screaming fire in a crowded theater that is explicitly it is um explicitly prohibited under the first amendment and that any use of the free speech to limit somebody else's speech is not free speech that is um exactly unequal speech it's so it's so if you can't tell, we all think, like Will said, very strongly about this. And I think we're going to wrap up very soon. But I think this this warrants just a couple more minutes of discussion because this is an important topic is I've heard people really tell me that, like, oh, Trump should no. have his Twitter account. And it's like, but don't don't you see the consequences of why he did that? It's like it doesn't matter. He's being silent. And I'm saying, OK, here's my example. I'm going to tell you. Hey, everyone who wants to kill mm-hmm. 
Mike Pence mm-hmm. meet here at this entitled clock? Do they have no, the right to not say only that this, endangering others? Oh, yeah. And he, he signed up not for the same terms stupid. and agreements that everyone, everyone else did yep. when they started. Exactly. The and people, these are the he same people who will Fact. support private businesses rejecting transgenders and such. Okay, well, if they have the power to reject certain people based on their own personal beliefs or something like that, something that they do in their private lives, then this guy on um, on a Twitter account can be banned from it by a, by a private business. There should be yeah, no or if, if private businesses have the authority to mm-hmm. refuse service to transgender people, I have every right when I'm working the register, I have every right to tell you to leave because you're not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. It's the victimhood. People mm-hmm. love to be victims when they're not. And that's the, and I mean, they, I'm not talking They about, hate when other people are uh, victims. Americans. I'm talking to people, yes, and you want that moral high ground. So, I mean, people, when, like, for instance, people are like, oh, yeah, Trump Trump had nothing. He didn't inspire the, the attack. His actions talking directly resulted in violence. If you look at the phone signals, there's a video of the phone signals from the rally in which he was holding outside the Capitol, and you can watch almost every one of those phone signals directly after the rally go straight to the Capitol. And you tell me, oh, yeah, Mm. he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, what was it he said during his address after he waited hours and hours to address the people rioting and uh, staging a coup? He said, we love you. You're very special. Um, We love you. No, that is is 100%. When was the last time this guy took responsibility? He took full, when was the last time he took full responsibility for an action? <laughs> Never. That's the problem is whether it's your fault or not, when you're in the position of responsibility and power, you need to, you need to set an example. Okay. You like him because he's just a normal person. Well, he's not supposed to be a role model, but he is. And that's the thing is no matter what he intended to be, he is now in this position or was, and um, you have to watch your words. Yeah. And what, what did Trump say when, Sorry, sorry, just refresh my memory here. What did Trump say when a black man was unfairly killed and there were riots in in cities? He said, when the looting starts, starts the shooting oh, starts. Yeah. And what did he say when there was a, a, a otherwise peaceful turnover of power from one party to another that has happened countless times throughout American history? Yeah. We we love it's you. Unfair. You're very special. Please. That is, if that doesn't show you the kind of person that him and his supporters are, nothing will. You're you're beyond help. Exactly. Thank you, dude. That a hundred percent. Like for instance, didn't he? Uh, he instituted a law that would send people to jail for ten years for rioting. So now that people are like, oh yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I'm being sent to jail and for it, 10 it's years it's the same thing. Um, Poetic justice. Yeah, a lot stupid. of time we hear people blaming um. Oh, and now Biden's in president, this and that. Well, you have to keep in mind, like, the last administration affects today's administration. And a lot of these things that you're suffering, Trump had planned for 2021. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate, too, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have seen the video of him directly calling out Republicans. He called them stupid and dumb, which is not something mm-hmm. he has voted Democrat believe. historically. Yeah, no one should believe that a party of people is stupid and dumb. And yeah, that, that almost like, half the country. Yeah, that's not only is that messed up to Republicans, but he went and he acted on that. He said, yeah, I would run Republican because they would believe anything mm-hmm. I said. Uh huh. That's that's 100% what happens. So, for anyone who thinks he loves you, who, who any working class person 
Like, for instance, I had a conversation with a conservative who was lower upper middle class. And I said, do you, and you're like, oh, I think taxation is theft. And I said, well, do you, do you know who's taxing you? Do you know mm-hmm. that it's not the Democrats who are leveling middle class taxes? It's Trump who cut taxes for people making uh, 500000 and above, cut taxes mm-hmm. for the top 1%, and then leveled taxes on people making $70,000. In fact, people are like, oh, it's Biden's fault. Mm-hmm. Gas prices are going up. Okay, I just should dispel this. Gas prices have nothing. Yeah, gas prices to are going to go up no matter who's in office. It's exactly. It's supply goes down, demand, demand goes up. That's to do with the all. Of and this is exactly why we see um, pretty extreme <laughs> things like uh, moving towards electric cars and stuff, because these are severe problems that um, a, a businessman will, you know, just kind of throw over their, so- their shoulder as long as they benefit right now. Because, and the environmental yeah. aspect of politics, I think, is it, there's enough to say about that that could fill another a whole episode oh, yeah. of this podcast. Um, but there are some very clear uh, issues that people have, you know, and that's that's the, there's the problem you said thinking that Trump loves you is backwards. I think thinking that any politician loves you is backwards because politics politics is always uh-huh. a, a game that is played at the civilian's expense. Mm-hmm. And if we haven't seen that in the past month and a half of Biden's administration, then, you know, if you haven't noticed that you haven't been paying attention. So I think if you can take one thing away from this podcast, exactly. it's that um, it's important to be critical of the current administration, whether you voted for Biden or not, right. it's important to be critical. And it's, there are some things to be critical about, I abs- absolutely there's there's some things he's doing a hundred percent wrong and some things that we would like to see from him so keep keep an open mind when it comes not only to um accepting facts that you might not have accepted before but also rejecting facts that you might have not rejecting facts but rejecting promises that biden has made and rejecting statements that he's made because information exactly yeah mm-hmm and that's uh, another thing that we should take away is uh, I think we I think we say this every single time, mm-hmm. but being aware is so important and looking at your facts and making sure that it's facts and all that stuff and having right. dialogue like we are having right now is yeah, really think, important you know, for whatever you want. Uh, to my do, last words you know? would probably be, um, you know, value education, watch what you're doing, realize, you know, words have meaning and, uh, we're not here to, you know, just mm-hmm. act on defamation of these presidents. Yeah, we're not here to hate. hate. Um, yeah, but we're in a state where America needs to be very critical. Yeah, and I think we everyone should know that we would have voted for Biden if we were old enough to vote. It would not have been a question. I mean, we we know that the guy probably mm-hmm. has more good intentions than bad. But we 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 can't let him when he does something bad. Yeah, you'll pat get him there. on the back and say yeah. it's okay, little buddy. All of this, all of what do. we've said, so, comes out of uh, a love for our country and the knowledge that it can do better. Nothing is more and patriotic than trying to improve the country. I absolutely, definitely. So I think that's it for nope, everybody. I think that's uh, it. Any yeah. last excited thoughts? to see you guys next week? Yeah. All right. So uh, thanks so much for listening. This has been the right, gray so, area. Yeah. See you guys later. Have a great day.